Happy Friday, and welcome into this next episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Manhandle, and in this episode, I am going to uh, do a new idea as far as a uh, way I could uh, do my show as far as uh, from a Friday standpoint uh, for all my shows I do on Friday, uh, in addition to all my other shows, but I'm talking about my Friday show specifically. Uh, I always try and podcast as much as possible, as all of you listeners know. And for the Friday shows I'm able to do, uh, which I plan on doing as many as possible always, uh, but I kind of want to do a new kind of format to it where I talk about the sports uh, news of the week as far as anything that happened in sports. Uh, and then also uh, looking ahead, if there's a, a big weekend of games, like say this weekend, we have a uh, super wild card weekend coming up in the NFL. So uh, I will give an early look at that. And then usually I'll probably set aside a uh, show for that itself uh, and and do that. Uh, but without further ado, I do want to get right into it. Uh First, starting with basketball uh, within Wisconsin sports. So, talking about the Badgers and then the Bucks. So, the Bucks have uh, rattled off their last two games uh, where they've won, and they are now five and three. And they play the Utah Jazz tonight at uh, Pfizer Forum, and the Jazz are four and four. So the Bucks are sixth in the Eastern Conference, while the Jazz are fourth in the Western Conference. And this should be a pretty good game. Uh, obviously headlined uh, in the matchup, Donovan Mitchell, Giannis Adetokounmpo, and then everybody else. Uh, but those are kind of uh, the star players uh, coming into the game. And so far, the Bucks have done pretty well. I mean, they, they, they've had some uh, losses. They've had, had a close loss to the Celtics uh, and then they had a big blowout loss to the Knicks and uh, they, they've uh, done pretty well though as far as uh, kind of hang, hanging in there and granted yes they beat the Detroit Pistons so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt I mean yeah the Pistons are an NBA team but right now they're they're only having one win on the season so um, that was kind of um, something that the Bucks did well as far as beating them. They also have one other loss on the season, on, on the uh, new season that we are now in full force into. And then uh, so far recently, the Bucks have been playing really well. They've been getting contributions from a lot of different players. Obviously, their top players, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holidays looked really good so far. And uh, also, Dante DiVincenzo is playing really well. And I was kind of thinking about this conversation as far as back when the Bucs, uh, it was reported by all the NBA insiders and the media that uh, they were trying to land Bogdan Bogdanovich, with, which that deal, as we all know, fell through. And the Bucs came out where they tampered. And there's a whole lot more to that uh, story, but uh, just kind of, that that's kind of how it happened on, on the surface, but thinking back to that and now thinking to Dante Divincenzo's impact on the Bucks, he's shown some flashes in the years past uh, as far as really doing well. Uh, he's a young player; he's got talent already, but he just needs to continue to improve his game 
And uh, just like any typical young player, there's always improvement to be made. Uh, and he's done really well so far this year. Hopefully it continues for him. Jordan Noara, the uh, second-round pick out of Louisville, shown really well so far. Anytime Coach Budenholzer puts him in the game, it seems like he's always he at least has one, if not more, scoring contributions uh, as far as the overall box score for the team. And uh, Sam Merrill, I mean, he's been kind of, been hit hit with the injury bug uh, recently, but in his early appearances before he got hurt, uh, and it sounds like within the media I've been reading that uh, it sounds like uh, from people like Eric Neem of The Athletic, uh, it, it sounds like Noara is, or rather Merrill is uh, close to returning. So hopefully uh, he's he's uh, on the comeback trail, uh, but so far he's, he's done pretty well. Uh, he, he's gotten in at the end of, some games and uh, and uh, really been able to do what they drafted him to do, shoot the ball from the three-point line at a high rate. So um, overall, the Bucks have done really well so far. I mean, their record could be better, but it also is something where it could be worse too. I mean, they've they've had it where they're five and three, and hopefully they can rattle this one off against Utah. Although I think tonight will be a, a tough game, and the, then they have Cleveland tomorrow on the back-to-back as that'll end their five-game homestand, and then they'll go back out on the road uh, to face the Magic and the and the Pistons, and then going on uh, with the rest of the schedule uh, later on uh, next week and then all the weeks after that. Uh, but so far, uh, they've they've uh, been pretty good. Bryn Forbes, too, is another player that uh, has shown really well. He, as far as his chemistry with Giannis especially, is has looked really good, and uh, that is is something that uh, is is really good. And then also Bobby Portis has looked nice. I mean, they've just had a lot of good contributions. And also they have a lot of new players, too, on their roster. And uh, trying to get all those guys acclimated, gel all those players together. And it's going to take some time. So I think if you take that in and of itself and you kind of look at the overall season, 72-game season, I mean, for any team – they're going to need some time to gel to, to reacclimate themselves uh, to the season after the kind of weird uh, year we had this past year with the pandemic and, and everything that happened with the pandemic and how that had to pause the NBA, understandably, unfortunately. And uh, then they had to re- reset things, re- retune up the season. They, they kind of cut last the end of last season, regular season, short a little bit at the end and uh, kind of just said, hey, what teams realistically are going to be in the playoffs, and then they start up the NBA bubble. Uh, so it's going to take some time, uh, but I think so far uh, that they've done as best as they can given the circumstances. So hopefully for uh, the Bucks, uh, good things happen tonight at uh, Fiserv Forum, and they're able to beat the Jazz. I think it'll be a close game, but I think that the Bucks uh, can can win the game, and and I think they will win the game, uh, and then hopefully they can uh, beat Cleveland uh, tomorrow, which Cleveland actually. Early on in the season, have show, has showed pretty well uh, overall. Their record so far this year five and four, so they're not too bad themselves. Uh, they definitely have some some contributors early on in the season. Before the season, a lot of people, myself included, kind of project them to be a non-playoff team. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. We'll just have to see if it's kind of a early hot streak for the Cavaliers, and then they kind of fade off, or if it's a legitimate where they are actually pretty good and they might finish a uh, 
lower end seed in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. So we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. Uh, the only judgment you can have on that is how they do on the court and when they play their games. So that's kind of an update on the Bucks. And then uh, I do also want to talk about the Badgers men's basketball. So they were able to beat Indiana, uh, the Hoosiers, last night uh, in double overtime at the Kohl Center in Madison. And uh, the Badgers are ranked eighth in the country right now. They are ten and two uh, with the win, and then Indiana is seven and five. So so far, the Badgers have, have done pretty well. They've lost a couple games, as indicated on the record. So uh, some tough games. They lost one at the buzzer to Marquette. Uh, and then they had another loss, too, in there as well. Uh, but they've done a really nice job, uh, showing really well. Their top five starters have played pretty pretty well uh, in their minutes for Greg Gard. And it, it started the season off with non-conference play. So Coach Gard got, got a little bit used to playing a lot of his freshman players, a lot of minutes, because they were facing, with all due respect, some some lesser competition, I think you could safely say. So they were able to get uh, those those kind of significant handily wins by by a large margin, and uh, be able to do really well with that. So that then they were able to play those those uh, freshman players and and kind of have those freshman players get their feet wet, so to speak. So uh, now. With conference play heating up and them being in well into conference play, uh, Coach Gar has kind of shortened his bench a little bit and, and played um, maybe only went three or four deep on, on his bench, uh, maybe five at the most. So uh, those those freshman players aren't getting a chance to play as much, but at least they're able to show early on what they could do. And uh, whenever their their name's called uh, to, to come in and, and play some minutes, uh, they're ready to go. And Tyler Wall, uh, last night especially, showed really well. So he uh, had 12 points in 31 minutes. And uh, Jonathan Davis, 41 minutes. He's playing significant. He's a freshman that is a part of that group, but he's continued to play uh, within the season all the way through. Nate Reavers and Micah Potter, the two big men, have, have shown pretty well for the most part. And then Dimitri tries to lean forward and Brad Davison. Uh, and then Trevor Anderson also gets minutes too. But after that, I mean, they're they're eight deep. I mean, they only go three deep off the bench. So uh, as mentioned, kind of shortening the bench uh, to those players. Uh, but so far, that they should be in for a good season, and uh, they have a lot of experience. Their starting five uh, is all seniors, so it's that in and of itself experience and, and they're able to play really well. And then they do mix in with, with some good upperclassmen as well as some younger players too. So uh typical Badger basketball program where they're able to, to, to build it really nicely uh, and um, just have a really solid program and they should be in for a, a continued uh, another nice season in this um, current season that, that they're playing. So coming up for the Badgers though, um, kind of a little bit of a layoff. They, don't play next until Tuesday, and they go to Michigan, so that'll be a good one. Uh, Michigan right now ranked 10th, so if everything holds, uh, it should be a, a matchup between two top 10 teams. And then after that, the Badgers will go to Rutgers later next week. Rutgers is pretty good, too. Uh, they they uh, Especially the 
play the Badgers tough at uh, their their arena, uh, and uh, they they uh, should give the Badgers a good battle. They're a top fifteen ranked team as of now. Things could change uh, depending on their outcomes of other games, but uh, so far they've shown really well. And uh, that should be another good battle, too. So the Badgers have had a lot of home games uh, early in the season. So they probably will are bound to go out on the road more uh, towards the second half of the season. But they'll probably be still mixed in with, with some with some home games as well. So that's an update on the Badgers. But that's finished my kind of basketball talk within my sports show for Big A Sports Show. Uh, and in the next portion, I will talk about the Major League Baseball news that was uh, apparent yesterday, actually, uh, came out yesterday, a big trade in the Major League Baseball landscape uh, between the Mets and the Indians. So I'll give my take on that and kind of talk about all the all the details there. And, uh, and then after that, I will close out another edition of my podcast and talk about the Super Wild Card Weekend uh, happening in the NFL. They have games Saturday and Sunday, three, three per day. So big weekend in the NFL and the wild card weekend of the playoffs, the first stage of the of the NFL playoffs. And I will give a breakdown of those matchups. And then, like I said at the outset, the start of this episode of my podcast, I will have another uh, episode with a special guest. I plan on having a special guest uh, as of right now for that. And we will kind of go to a deeper dive. So kind of think back to all my previews that I had for the uh, weekend for the NFL and how I kind of set out a a portion of a show uh, where where I kind of briefly talked about a game and then I saved more for a deeper dive. So think about that uh, format, only I'm going to talk more about the NFL playoffs with a special guest in the episode in and of of itself. Uh, So that's the plan. And the next portion of my podcast for another episode of Big A Sports Show will be coming up right after this short audio break. Moving ahead in another edition of Big A Sports Show, I'm your host Adam Van Handel, and in the previous portion you heard me talk and give an update about the Bucks, the Badgers, basketball. This portion of my episode of my podcast, I will be talking about the big trade that happened in the Major League Baseball landscape yesterday. The Mets and the Indians came to an agreement on a deal per Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, in addition to many other uh, sources within the Major League Baseball landscape for media. And the Mets got Francisco Lindor, the shortstop, one of the better shortstops in the game, as well as a pretty good starting pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. And the Indians got Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green. So... It was a trade where the Indians, quite frankly, unfortunately for them, they're a smaller market in comparison to the, the Yankees, the the Mets, the, the bigger markets out there uh, that you all know. Uh, and they just couldn't afford Francisco Lindor. He's one of the game's best players and probably the top shortstop in the game, arguably. So... They tried to come to an agreement. Uh, there's been many rumors of a, an extension potentially for him, but they never got around to it as far as making it happen. They probably could only offer him so much. And he's a upcoming free agent next offseason, so this could be a move. It's been talked about a lot within the media that uh, the 
Mets could sign uh, Francisco Lindor to an extension, uh, given the fact that they would be able to pay him and uh, have the money for it. Kind of a, like a similar situation to when the when the uh, Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts, and then uh, they were able to trade uh, sign him to an extension uh, thereafter. Uh, the trade happened, so we'll see what happens. Still, kind of a lot to go there uh, as far as that goes. The extension part of it, but. Lindor will have a new team. Carrasco will have a new team. And then those four players that the Indians got from the Mets will have a new team. And the Indians did all right with the players that they got. I mean, they kind of knew that Lindor wanted wanted a new contract and they needed to get a new contract done. So a lot of the Major League Baseball teams who wanted Lindor kind of had that leverage as far as, hey, we know that He's either going to play the last season of his deal out next year, which isn't going to happen because now he's with the Mets, but before the trade I'm talking about, or he's going to be a free agent and and, and he probably won't come back because he, he's not going to resign to the money that you're able to give through no fault of your own. You're a small market. You can only pay so much. The bigger markets can pay more. So that part of it and, it comes down to a lot of times in sports, if it's inevitable that a pr- premium talent isn't going to sign an extension, you might as well trade the player and get something back versus having them play their last season out, having them sign elsewhere, and then getting nothing back. So I think that the Indians took that approach and wanted something back for Lindor, uh, given how great of a talent he is. I mean, I think he's only 27 still. Uh, so he's showing really well. He's a he's a all-star player. He's got a bunch of other accolades uh, as well. And they also got a pitcher, Carlos Carrasco, too, uh, who's, who's pretty good. He, he's shown uh, a pretty good career so far and definitely has been in the conversation. Uh, I don't think that he's won it yet, but he's been in the Cy Young conversation in previous seasons, and he's been one of the top pitchers uh, when he's – when he's healthy, unfortunately, he had, did have some health uh, things that came up recently. So hopefully uh, he can get healthy and, and, and everything is, is good to go for him uh, w- with all that. And he's able to, to pitch well uh, and, and continue to be the, the player that he is uh, for, for his sake. Uh, and, it, and also just for everybody else. I mean, we, we all want health and, and everything for everybody. So uh, the... Indians, like I mentioned, they got back a young shortstop amid Rosario. He's more of a defensive-minded shortstop. He kind of struggles to hit for a high clip. I mean, he's hit like 220, 230, 240, anywhere around there. Uh, But he is still, I believe, 25. So he does have some potential as well. Maybe a change of scenery for him could work. And then Andres Jimenez is a... 22-year-old infielder, so uh, he's a, a middle of the infield player and uh, definitely has high potential. And then additionally, Josh Wolf has a high potential and then Isaiah Green has high potential as well. Uh, I believe that they were top players in, in the Mets system. There was a player in the Mets system, though, uh, that they didn't trade uh, and they were really happy about it because they thought that they were going to be able to trade him. So the name, as of right now, I'm sure if you look at all the prospect uh, lists, it, it'll it'll be there. 
Uh, but 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 that that player was a player that they didn't uh, end up getting or end up having to trade, and they were very happy. So uh, definitely, the Mets fans uh, are are really happy right now, and rightly so. They got one of the better players in the major leagues, and uh, have made some other moves too so far this offseason. And probably will make more moves. I mean, it's been rumored that they might get on, on the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes and uh, maybe even the George Springer sweepstakes. It sounds like, even though they're a big market, they could probably can only afford one of the two, but we'll see what happens there. And then they'll probably make other moves as well. So that is kind of an update there on that trade. I did want to cover that because that was a big trade that that really um, kind of stole the headlines within sports. Uh, was It was probably the headline of the day day yesterday and uh, kind of good for baseball as, as well because we're kind of in the slow part of the winter time uh, with with the offseason and and a, a big blockbuster trade like this uh, kind of says hey all, all right there's there's baseball trades there's baseball moves uh, there's been some free agent signings some lesser trades too uh, as well uh, and there will be probably more free agent agreements uh, inevitably there's still a lot of free agents out there I mean I uh, have uh, MLB Network is part of my uh, TV package that I have. And uh, every day as part of their rundown on the bottom line, they have all the free agents for each team. And there's still a lot of free agents out there. So uh, there's bound to be a bunch of agreements coming up uh, before the season. The season is starting before we know it. Obviously, right now with COVID, unfortunately, they plan to start on time. But things are fluid. Things are subject, subject to change, just given how... Uh, the world is so hopefully they're able to start on time but uh we'll see what happens there but the season no matter if it starts on time or is delayed it's going to come up before we know it so uh that's uh something i want to talk about with the big news uh within the mlb uh landscape with with the big trade uh so that wraps up that portion of this show for my podcast uh, and coming up in the final portion uh i will give a look ahead to Super wild card weekend in the NFL. So stay tuned for that after this short audio break for Big A Sports Show, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Moving ahead and closing out another edition of Big A Sports Show, I'm your host, Adam Van Handel. And in this third and final portion of this episode, I will be giving a look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. So there will be three games on Saturday, which is tomorrow, and three games on Sunday. So the Saturday portion will be the Colts and the Bills at 12.05, and that game will be on CBS. And I believe the Bills are allowing some fans, uh, given the pandemic, but they are able to allow some fans as well. Uh, as some other teams, the Packers uh, came out yesterday with that news uh, through their all their media accounts uh, out there uh, as far as letting some season ticket holders in uh, and, and having the the uh, the socially distant kind of format within the, within the stadium. So uh, there's there will be some level of fans at the Bills Stadium, uh, and that will be the first game, and then the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, will play next, and then the Buccaneers and the Washington football team will play, and that will end that day of of uh, wildcard football. And then in the next day, the the last day of the weekend for wildcard weekend, 
the Ravens and the Titans will play at 12.05. The Bears and the Saints will play at 3.40. And then the Browns and the Steelers will play at 7.15. So going matchup by matchup, uh, just briefly, I do want to talk about uh, each matchup. And then I'll have another episode right now. I plan on having another episode going a little bit deeper into each matchup as well. So stay tuned for that in addition to everything else I have for my podcast. Uh, So the Colts and the Bills. So the Colts 11 and five, Bills 13 and three. Right now, the Bills are favored. Uh, It opened seven points and it's currently six points. So the Bills ended their season on a six game winning streak and the Colts ended their season Winning their last game, so win win loss streak. That's how uh, things go uh, heading into the playoffs. The Colts away from their home stadium are five and three. The Bills seven and one at home, so not really a huge change there as far as oh this team's better on the road or this team's better at home. Both teams are better uh, on the road for the Colts and then at home uh, for the Bills. And both teams uh, at each. Uh, situation home or away they're they're really good uh given the fact that they're in the playoffs and they have that that good of a record uh so these teams last played in 2018 so they haven't played in a couple years now uh so it'll be kind of a newer look for for each team uh each team does have some constants as far as their last matchup but there's a lot of things that have changed roster construction coaching staffs things like that that you see normally so I would expect the Bills to win this game, uh, but I think that the Colts uh, could could uh, give the, the Bills a uh, run at it as far as they have kind of the playoff-type game plan, ideal game plan. They can run the football really well with Jonathan Taylor, the fantastic rookie running back from the Badgers uh, from his college days. Naeem Hines they have as well, and they do have a pretty good running back staple. And then... Uh, Receivers, most notably T.Y. Hilton is pretty good. And then uh, Michael Pittman, I believe he's um, he's a really good uh, rookie talent for them. And then they have other players as well. Uh, and for the Bills, though, the Bills are legitimate. Like, Josh Allen is a really good quarterback. He's got one good arm as far as it's he can throw it really far. And... His accuracy was was kind of questioned as far as coming into the league. He could throw really far, but could he hit his receivers accurately? And so far, he's he's done a really nice job of that, especially this year, 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So he does have 10 intercep- interceptions, but he's a dual-threat quarterback who has been in the MVP conversation. He will probably not win it, I'm guessing, because Aaron Rodgers has had a fantastic season as well as Mahomes uh, from Kansas City. Uh, but he's really good. I'm assuming Rodgers will win that award. Uh, he seems like the front runner for that in a close race. But the Bills' defense—I mean, last week their defense showed really well uh, in their in their last game of the season, and then uh, they're just an all-around really good team. Stephon Diggs at receiver, really nice receiver for them. Uh, had a fantastic season this year, and and. They have a really well-rounded team. Pretty good coach in Sean McDermott. Uh, he's done a nice job uh, kind of turning the Bills around when he got there a few years ago. Uh, they were kind of second fiddle, third fiddle to the the Patriots because the Patriots still had Tom Brady, so they were kind of 
trying to battle for the top spot in the in their division on the AFC East. Uh, but now that Tom Brady is gone uh, with the Buccaneers now, and the Patriots have kind of taken a little bit of a step back, not making the playoffs this year. The Bills have really shown well. And uh, I know that there's not capacity fans because of COVID, but when they get that stadium packed, I mean, and there should be some level of fans this weekend, uh, but that's one of the better atmospheres. There's a whole lot of really good atmospheres as far as watching a game from a stadium. Probably Lambeau Field, the Packers, is is the leader in the clubhouse for that. Uh, but there's a bunch of other atmospheres as far as uh, just watching it on TV. Rowdy fans uh, and, and the Bills definitely uh, do that really well as well. So it should be a pretty good game. I think it'll be close. I think the Bills get it done uh, probably by a single-digit margin. Uh, within the scoreboard. Uh, and then the next matchup, the Rams and Seahawks. So I think Seattle will win this one. I think that Russell Wilson in the playoffs, uh, Russell Wilson in general is scary. I mean, he's a dual threat quarterback. And Seattle definitely has some problems defensively, but it's gotten better uh, towards the end of the season. Jamal Adams, uh, most notably, has done really well, and they have some other really good defenders too that have kind of Picked up the pace, done really well recently. So we'll see if, if that continues to happen. The big question mark coming into this game is, will Jared Goff be able to play? Uh, and uh, we'll kind of see how things shake out there uh, from that end. Uh, but if the Rams are going on a second string quarterback, we'll see what happens there. But the Rams, I mean, in and of itself, they're a pretty good team. They made the playoffs for a reason. And uh, they come in with a 10-6 and six record, Seattle 12-4. and four. Uh the opening uh, kind of favorite going in is is Seattle, and they're staying a favorite within uh, three and a half points uh, since it last had the favorite out there. And uh, John Wolford would be the quarterback uh, if Goff can't go, just like he was last week. So we'll see what happens. But the Rams have a pretty good defense, uh, and they've shown that. All season, I mean, it's kind of tailed off recently, but earlier in the season, they were really good. So they do have that potential to be really good, and we'll see if they're able to give uh, Russell Wilson some fits uh, defensively. But Russell Wilson has seen it all by now uh, within the game, and I'm assuming that Seattle should win a close matchup. It should be, uh, but this one also could be maybe a two-possession game. Uh, if the Rams aren't uh, able to have Jared Goff at quarterback uh, as, as far as that goes. So we'll see what happens there, but that's kind of a breakdown of that game. And then the Buccaneers and the Washington football team, the last game on Saturday. So the Buccaneers 11 and five, the Washington football team seven and nine. Uh, they won their division, which is why they got in the playoffs in the Lackluster NFC East this year as far as records. It's safe to say that. Uh, everybody's said that by now. So uh, that's kind of how that goes. But uh, the Buccaneers should be able to win this one. Uh, they have premium talent. Uh, they're favored by eight points uh, heading in. But I will say the Washington football team does have a legitimate defense. You look at their ranks, they're within the top six for most ranks rushing yards are top they're tied for 13th but all year they've been playing really good football now they're going against tom brady who's seen everything he's he's going to be a hall of famer so he might be able to outsmart that defense but heading in at least on the surface they do have a good defense antonio gibson terry mclaurin 
have injury questions coming in. I'm assuming it's a playoff game. They'll probably make every effort to play. Uh, but if they do play, those are really good players uh, for, for their uh, offense. The problem is Washington score struggles to score a lot of points. So if it gets into a, a situation where the Buccaneers get up by two, two, three possessions, then it could get scary as far as that goes. Uh, I would assume that Washington's game plan would be to run the ball uh, as much as possible, try and, try and work the ground game as well, although the Buccaneers' defense is pretty good too. Uh, but try and keep Tom Brady on the sidelines as much as possible uh, and and definitely try and chew, chew the clock and play that play that time management game, but we'll see what happens. A lot of times your initial plan going in could get uh, kind of where it gets out of whack. You have to adjust. And, uh, and so, so that will be uh, a factor in that game. And then in Sunday's action, the Ravens Titans, this one could, could go either way. The Ravens uh, 11 and five, the Titans 11 and five. So two teams with the same record. Baltimore favored by a narrow margin, uh, three and a half. And Baltimore, towards the end of the season, is playing really good football. The Titans have a pretty good offense, but their defense has struggled recently. So we'll see kind of how that shakes out. Uh, but this one, I think I'll probably say the Ravens uh, could get the edge there just because of how they've been playing recently and the momentum as far as that goes. But they are playing in Tennessee, and Tennessee has Derrick Henry. At running back, uh, so if, if they get into a situation where they, they're up by uh, however many points, they could try and chew the clock, uh, run their their uh, powerful running back, uh, one of the better running backs in the game. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I could see it going either way, but I'm going to say the, the Ravens uh, have the edge there. And then the Bears and the Saints – the Saints are the favorites uh, going into this one. Opened at 10, is now 9.5. The Saints should be able to get it done. The Bears backed into the playoffs. The Bears in the past have had a good defense, uh, so we'll see if uh, they're able to do that as far as work their defense against Drew Brees and company. Uh, Alvin Kamara has had some uh, COVID issues, so we'll see if he's able to go. Hopefully he is, uh, just because it's good for the game and it's also good for health. I mean, you want him to be able to recover from COVID just like anybody else who has it uh, and just be healthy, uh, which is what we all strive for. So that will be a factor in. I believe Michael Thomas is going to play this game. So uh, he'll be, should be in the lineup, uh, but we'll see kind of as Sunday gets closer. Uh, but the Saints should be able to win, win this one. They're playing at their, their home uh, stadium and uh, they should be able to pull it off against the Bears. Uh, and then in the last game, the Steelers and the Browns, these two teams met twice in the season as their division rivals. So uh, that's how it goes. You play twice a year, and then uh, they played last week, their last game of the season. So uh, Juju Smith-Schuster within the media, you all have probably heard it by now, the big quote he had, kind of a, a little bit of a dig at the uh, Browns as far as, as that goes, uh, heading into their playoff matchup. So we'll see if. The Steelers uh, can can win the game against the Browns or if the Browns, who have had their COVID issues, Kevin Stefanski won't be able to coach because, unfortunately, he caught the, the virus, so they'll have a, an interim coach kind of coach the game. But uh, the Browns definitely have a pretty good offense. 
And the Steelers have some some offensive potential too. I would expect the Steelers to win, uh, but it should be a, a close game. These two teams know each other so well; they're division rivals. So it'll probably be more of a question of who can out-execute the other, because a lot of uh, the teams both know each other so well, so they should know each other's kind of ideas as far as the game plan going in. Although sometimes coaches throw in a little bit of a trick play or something to throw the the other team that they're facing off balance. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I would expect the Steelers to win that one. Uh, so that will about do it for this edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel. I have to, hope that you've enjoyed this episode of my podcast, all my previous episodes. If you've missed any, go back in the archives if you would like and listen to those back and all the future episodes uh, coming up and as well. I plan on having at least one more uh, before the weekend uh, ends as far as a more of an in-depth look at the Super Wildcard Weekend with a special guest. So I plan on that. Um, I'm going to make every effort to make that happen. But as always, stay tuned in to looking out for everything else I have for my podcast coming up uh, as I try to always hit a wide variety of sports topics uh, and do it as something that I love to do on the side for me. That's fun to do. So thank you. Uh, And if you want to also... Subscribe to my show. You can do that. Uh, otherwise, you can continue to track down um, my show the way you've been doing it. And uh, the listening support so far has been great. And I look forward to getting even better uh, as I continue to try and grow my podcast as much as possible. And uh, thank you so much. I hope that you have a great weekend and another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Anna Van Handel. And it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. Happy weekend. <laughs>